What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Charmonique, and you are listening to Catch These Vibes podcast. We are getting into this 90s series that I've been doing. This episode, we're going to talk about the Matrix. But before we get into that, I just wanted to talk about a few different things. Very briefly, I won't take too much of y'all time before I get into it. I usually kind of do this at the end of the episode, sometimes a little bit in the beginning, sometimes a little bit at the end, but I don't know which y'all prefer. So I'm just going to get it out the way now. So I probably will not be doing an episode next week because, well, well, this, this, this is going to be, well, I'll, hold on. I'm confusing myself. Okay, so on the 19th, which is Juneteenth, I'm going to be getting my wisdom tooth pulled out. So I'm not sure if that week I'll be able to record an episode, which would be the episode for the week of the 27th. So this episode is going to be coming out. It's going to come out on the 20th. And then the episode for the 27th, I'm not sure if I'll be able to, I'm just depending on how my mouth feels, if I feel like recording, then we'll see. But I'm just like giving y'all a fair warning that it's possible that we might have to skip that week just because I'm going to have surgery. So I just wanted to give y'all a heads up on that. And so y'all can know what to expect. And this is actually the last episode that I have on the lineup. So I'm going to be creating a new lineup of movies. And so we've done two two or three sets of eight movies. We've been going every week since February 28th. We've missed like only one week since then. So we've been doing pretty good and I appreciate you all for tuning in and listening. But I did want to say that this might be the last season that I do the 90 series. This might even be the last season period just because uh, I have reasons, but I don't know. I'm still weighing my options and seeing how I feel about it. But I'm kind of feeling like this might be the last season. So I just wanted to like, give y'all a fair warning. I usually end the seasons around September, October. So we have a couple of months left. So we still have some things we can get into and, and, um, episodes that we can enjoy together. But I just wanted to just let you all know how I'm feeling and how things are going for me personally. And like I always say, please provide any feedback, any opinions, let me know, rate review the podcast so I understand so I can know that you all are enjoying it and if there's anything that you would like to hear me talk about then please let me know but honestly it might just be the end of this series and I might just continue doing other things I might even just go to the older format that I used to do um so we'll see we'll see but I just wanted to give y'all a heads up on that so there won't be most likely won't be an episode the week of the 27th but it's possible I mean I've never had this type of surgery so I don't know like how how my voice is going to or how my mouth is going to feel if I'm going to feel like talking or not so I just wanted to give y'all like a fair warning all right okay so now 
that's enough of that. We got that out the way. Again, thank y'all for tuning in. Let's go ahead and get into the matrix. All right, so The Matrix was released March 31st, 1999. This is definitely one of those movies that you may watch it and enjoy it, but not really understand what the fuck's going on. Like, you just don't, you just know that it's cool. A lot of cool things are happening. The people, the actors, they they acting their asses off, and it's just a cool-ass movie, but underneath all of that you really don't even understand the concept of the movie like I feel like that's a fair assessment that some people may feel and then on the other hand this is probably very easy to understand for some people the people who are into these types of movies are into sci-fi and movies that are just smart I would say that there's probably people who understand it you know I would say I'm a little bit in the middle of that so I definitely did have to do some extra research to make sure that I really understood what this movie was about and so I'm going to do my best (laughs) to say to my understand speak to my understanding of what this movie is about okay so let's go ahead and just get straight to it so first things first, this movie is available to stream on Max, which was previously known as HBO Max. But yeah, so it's on Max. It, it actually, there's actually all of them on there. I watched, I remember when I watched the the last one, Resurrection, I, I had to watch it again, I, just to be fair and give it another shot. But the first time I watched it, it just was it just seemed so different from the others there wasn't as much action it was more so of a love story so i think that it kind of just kind of it kind of lost me but now that i've done this extra research i do want to go back and watch all of the other ones to see if uh, the whole picture will make more sense to me so i'm i'm going to do that when i you know i feel like uh watching all of these movies because they they all long you know so this particular one came out in 1999 like I mentioned already it's about two hours and 16 minutes long cool thing about this movie is it was nominated for Oscars and it won the four Oscars categories that it was nominated in so it won for best film editing best sound best effects sound effects editing and then best effects, visual effects. So it did get some Oscar uh, looks and actually won. So that's dope. It actually, on IMDb, it is rated at an 8.7 out of 10, which I feel like I'm surprised I, I'm surprised that it's that. But I mean, that's honestly good on this app. A lot of people are kind of harsh. And so... Usually you see like a seven or six. So that's actually a pretty good rating. Um, it is looks like out of 250 best movies, top 250 movies, it is ranked at number 17. But above it is, just anyone who's curious, above it we have Star Wars episode, The Empire Strikes Back. Inception, The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, Fight Club, Forrest Gump, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, 
which is, I believe it has the highest rating on IMDb at a nine. Uh, next is The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, The Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, Pulp Fiction, The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. Well, that's also rated at a nine. And then there's Schindler, Schindler's List, Angry Man, The Godfather Part Two, The Dark Knight, The Godfather, The Shawshank Redemption, 9.3. So I lied. I don't know why I, I thought I read that for some reason. But maybe at, maybe at some point it was. And then as there got more ratings come came in, it went just down to a nine. But it looks like Shawshank Redemption is at a 9.3, which is understandable. Shawshank Redemption is a really good movie. I actually really love this movie. But yeah. So this movie was directed and written by the Wachowski brothers. So Lana Wachowski and Lily Wachowski, they both wrote and directed these movies. They wrote and directed the others as well as long as, I mean, as well as a movie called Bound, Jupiter Ascending, and Cloud Atlas. So they created the screenplay and they directed these movies. So, from my understanding, we just gonna get into my interpretation of what these this movie is about. I'm not even gonna. This is just all. This is just the Matrix because once you start getting into the Matrix Reloaded and everything, the other ones it can get a little bit confusing. So, in simple terms, the Matrix pretty much is about a AI, which is it's kind of crazy because now we're seeing how AI is getting more advanced and is, you know, being developed. So the correlation there is kind of weird and kind of scary, actually. But so they're humans, they developed AI. AI got so advanced that it's, there was a one particular robot, I forgot the name of the robot, but the robot overheard its creator or owner talking about how it was going to get scrapped. And so this owner, I mean, this robot, this AI is so advanced at this point that it's like, no, I don't want to get scrapped. So he kills the owners. And then he pretty much, they the, the robots, they band together they create their own place away from the humans, okay? And like I said, this is just, this is, I mean, obviously, if you want a perfect, well-put description of this shit, go to YouTube and you can under, you can hear it, listen to as many videos as you can to understand this. But this is for people like myself who just want this shit broken down very simply, okay? So, the the robots, the AIs, they got so advanced that the humans decided to, in order to destroy these AIs and these robots, they were going to take away the biggest source that kept these robots and AI going, which was the, our solar system. 
So they thought that was the best the best decision, even though we as humans still rely on the solar system. If you know, it's if keeps our food source going and the energy and all that that we get from the sun and the solar system. But they went along with that. They thought that that would work, but it really kind of it just fucked the fucked everything up basically uh it didn't really help as much as they thought it would and so pretty much the ai and created the matrix which is a a fake dream world that is a way to control the humans so if you're born in the matrix then you just think that it's just a normal world. Like say, for example, if we were in the matrix, we'll just be living, thinking that we have are really in control, but really we're not. We're, we're being controlled by AI and by programs until we die off and they transition us, I guess, to batteries or whatever. <laughs> so uh, I'm probably fucking this all up and confusing you guys. So yeah, the humans that, because even with the programming and everything, there is still a variable called choice. So that gives, you know, people the choice. And that's why Neo, once Neo got in contact or once Morpheus and Trini got in contact with Neo, he had a choice. He had a choice to either stay in the matrix or to be awakened and go to the zion with the rest of the humans and so obviously he took the red pill and that's why he went with morpheus and trinity and them to zion which is what the real world actually looks like this is after you know the solar system everything is destroyed um and pretty much the the robots the machines and everything they are trying to kill that human world. And so every so often there's a person which is uh, an anom what's it called? An anomaly, which is what Neo is. So that's why they refer to him as the one. The one is the person that can destroy the matrix so that there's just, you know, their human world, Zion. But every so often that person, I guess, fails. And so a new uh, anomaly is created and given the opportunity to destroy the matrix um, or stay in the matrix, basically. And so if you watch the movie, you know that Neo, he decides to go to Zion. He you know, is given all this information from Morpheus and he's told by the Oracle that he's not the one, but the Oracle, she is, I believe she is the one that gives people the will or the power to make a choice and understand that they have a choice to make, you know, certain decisions. And so, she told him that he wasn't the one only because he would have to discover that himself later on, which he does. And we get, you know, the very dope scene, which is my favorite when he finally 
just you know finally notice realizes that he has these abilities and he actually is the one okay so that's pretty much what it's about it's just about this world that is fake known as the matrix and then this human world known as zion basically at war and having to go through years and decades and centuries of being at war with the AI and the technology because the AI doesn't want there to be any humans. They want to just use humans as battery sources and just take over everything. But there's people who had, you know, who are very aware of what's going on and have decided that that's not what they want. They don't want to be controlled by AI. They want to be able to live freely as humans. And even if that means, you know, living in a place like Zion, where it's dark all the time, I mean, but hey, they really don't have a choice because of what the humans decided to do. They thought it was a good idea to cover the sky and kill the solar system and the sun or whatever to try to take out the AI. And so that's the result that they got. They got Zion, which is very depressing. Like it's it's very depressing to have to try to make that choice between, oh, I'm going to live in the matrix. And when I could understand like the dude that decided to sell uh, Morpheus out to give the codes to the agent because he just was like, I'm not trying to be here. Oh, Cypher, Cypher uh, played by Joe Pantoliano. He decided that he was going to sell the coding and everything to the agents who are other programs that are trying to take out, um, it, trying to take out, you know, the Zion world and also prevent Neo, who is the one, from taking out the Matrix. So let's get into the cast. So Keanu Reeves, he's Neo. Lawrence Fishburne, he plays Morpheus. Carrie Ann Moss, she's Trinity. Hugo Weaving is Agent Smith. And then Gloria Foster, she plays the Oracle. Wow, that's a beautiful picture. She was born in 1933 and she passed away in 2001. Hmm. And then Marcus Chung, he's Tank, very handsome man. We have a few other people, but those are like the main people that we see in the movie. So, yeah, let me see. Okay, so I pretty much, I just summed up the concept of the movie, the concept of The Matrix. A lot of, well, not a lot, but some of the things that I mentioned, they don't really show in the movie. I believe Morpheus does get into some of the things a, a little bit, but the whole part about the the upset robot that killed his owners and all that, I believe that that is shown through the Matrix game. It's either the Matrix game or a comic book, but I, I'm pretty sure it's the game, if I remember correctly. 
So some of that stuff we don't, they don't really address in the movie. It happens in the game. And then that's, I believe, what kind of ties everything together. So just, I'm going to sum up the movie really quickly. Um, I'm trying not to make this too drawn out because I'm kind of short on time, to be honest with y'all. So, yeah, life is life in. But, yeah, so this movie, Neo, is played by Keanu Reeves, who's also known as Mr. Anderson, Thomas Anderson. So he is a software engineer. He is a software techie by day and then, like, a hacker by night. And he gets this message on his computer that tells him to follow the white rabbit. And so one of his customers comes to the door and he notices that there's a white rabbit on the girl, one of the customer's girlfriend's shoulder. And so they had invited him out and he's like, okay, because now he sees the right rabbit. So he's like, all right, I'm going to go and follow them and see where that leads me. And so they go to this this club or something like that, and that's when he meets Trinity. And Trinity is a well-known hacker, and he was very surprised by the fact that she was a woman. The way that people talked about him or talked about the Trinity made him feel like it was a dude. So she she tells him, you know, Morpheus tells him about Morpheus and the, and the th- different things that he's curious about, if he wants answers, so he ends up going to work the next day. He gets delivered a phone, and on that phone, on the other line is Morpheus, and Morpheus starts talking to him, telling him, you know, people are going to be after you, we don't have too much time. So he tries to pretty much lead him out of the building and he ends up, you know, Morpheus instructs him to, I think he was instructing him to go out the window and do something that he was pretty scared about doing that he didn't have enough guts to do. And so he just was like, you know what, forget this. And he ends up getting captured by the agents so the agents they start talking to him interviewing him and trying to question him about different things and basically trying to get him to cooperate with them before because they don't know if Morpheus you know how how much Morpheus has got to him yet or infiltrated him so they were trying to like get to him before it was too late and so they put this little tracker thing in his belly button and then next thing you know, he wakes up in his bed. And so he's not completely sure if it was a dream or not or if it really happened. And then so he gets in contact with Trinity and she tells him to meet them at some um, underpassageway type bridge in the in that nighttime. And so he goes, he meets them there. They start, you know, talking. And then she's just like, you know, this is the moment you've been waiting for. I know you want to meet Morpheus. So she takes the tracker out of his stomach. And he's just like shocked because he's like, he thought that that was a dream. But no, it really happened. So he meets up with Morpheus. 
Morpheus gives him the whole spiel about things and then offers him to either take the blue pill or the red pill. And the red pill was him, you know, being awakened and coming into the fold with them and, you know, accepting everything that Morpheus tells him as, you know, as truth. Or take the blue pill and you forget about everything. You go back to your normal life and, you know, none of this ever happened. So he decides to take the red pill. He's like in, re, reborn again at the on their ship, and he starts, you know, living there with them in Zion. And so he meets everyone. They start talking talking to him. And he has different moments with some of the other characters, and then he has the scene with uh, Morpheus when they fight seeing how quickly this different information can be fed to them through this technology. So the technology, I don't even know what the term is, what it really, what it's called, but like, you know, kind of like a power, like, like some type of cord that feeds information to them. The, it's the same cord that feeds them, um, different capabilities different knowledge and also can they have to be on this machine in order to be able to go inside of the matrix he's learning all these things he has to go see the oracle morpheus is you know excited about this because he really feels like neo's the one so he sees oracle and oracle tells him some things that you know wasn't really what he it was maybe expecting him. He probably was expecting other things, something more positive. But she just basically was like, you know, you're not the one and in a nutshell. Again, I'm trying to speed through this. So Murphy is like, you know, whatever she told you is for you to know. You don't have to tell anyone. And okay. And so... What happens next? Um, they push comes to shove. Morpheus. Oh, oh yeah. It, this is this is when it happens. Okay, so on their way from seeing the oracle, the agents attack them. Okay, so that's when they have the scene when they're inside of the walls and the agents start shooting, shooting the walls to like shoot them, and. This is because the agents knew where they were because what's his face? I believe his name is Cypher. Hold on. Yeah, Cypher, played by Joe Pantoliano. He had his own plans. He wanted to get out of Zion and go back into the Matrix. He wanted to give them Morpheus and give them information codes and things of that sort so that he could have the life that he wanted to have in the matrix because he was just one of those people where he was like yeah I I don't I don't want to live in Zion I want to go back like the hell with this so he was willing to just sell everybody out give them Morpheus so that he can get what he wanted and so he told them where they was going to be and that's how the agents were able to come and then so they were able to capture Morpheus and everyone, the agents actually were able to kill a few of the people, but Trinity and 
Trinity and Neo were able to make it back alive and back to Zion on the ship. And so Morpheus is captured by the agents and they're questioning him and torturing him. And Neo, he's talking to Trinity and he's just telling her, you know, I feel like I have to do something. Like, I feel like I have to save him. Like, I think this is what the Oracle was saying. This is what she was telling me about. And she basically told him he would have to make a decision. And so this is what he felt like was the decision that he had to make. And so Neo and Trinity, they team up together. They got all, they all black on, they leather, they pleather, whatever. And they go in to kick some ass. So they shoot him a bang, bang at the building that Morphe is being held up at. They blow everything up. And they get they end up getting on a helicopter, saving Morpheus. In the midst of him, them trying to save Morpheus, Neo does the whole dodging the bullets thing backwards. And Trinity's like, oh, you move like them. I've never seen anyone like that before. So now I think she's thinking like, wait, he might be the one. And he just kind of like played it off like, well, I didn't move too fast, fast enough because I still got hit with one of the bullets. So they are able to save Morpheus. They go to the phone so that they can get out of the matrix. Um, Morpheus makes it out. And then Trinity barely makes it out. But in the midst of her making it out, one of the agents shot the phone. The agent had found them and was trying to prevent them from leaving, trying to kill Neo. And... Instead of Neo running away, he decides, okay, this is where I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight back. So him and the agent, they start fighting. Um, the agent, he gets hit by the train or the subway, but that doesn't kill him, obviously. So this is when Neo decides to run. And so he runs to the nearest location where he could possibly get out of the matrix. And then the agent ends up shooting him. They're under a lot of pressure at this point because the machines are trying to attack the ship. And the only way for them to um, prevent that from happening is like turning, taking the power source away or unplugging it. But they can't do that until Neo gets back from inside of the matrix so it's like very intense very a lot of pressure trinity she finally gets the guts to tell neo or tell his body that he can't be dead because oracle said that she will fall in love with the one and so she's like you can't be dead because i love you you're the one for me so wake your ass up and so he revives he comes back like a new man and he just has all these abilities that he didn't realize he had before. Like he really is owning the fact that he's the one and he's actually seeing the matrix for what it is. So this part, he's like, he's moving at super speed, like, but it looks like it's in slow motion, like knocking bullets out with his fist and just like, doing all this superhuman shit one of the agents run towards him and it's like he ate the agent up 
or he, he either the agent ran towards him or he ran towards the agent. I can't remember, but it's like he absorbed the agent or the technology that made the agent, and then it just exploded. Oh no! So he ran inside of the agent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He ran inside of the agent and fucked him up from the inside, and then he exploded. And so his his partners was like, "Oh fuck that! We don't want no parts." So they left, and they was like, "Yeah, he we can't fuck with him right now. We gonna have to try again at a later date." And so Neo he comes back to the ship. Trinity and him have their moment, and from then on, you know, they in love and lovebirds. And Neil understands that he is the one. And the movie ends with him talking, sending a message to all the agents and, you know, systems, the AI and everything. And then we see him fly into the sky like Superman. So that's the end of the movie. At this point, once you reach the end of the movie, it's like you would think, okay, the agents are gone. Like they're no more. Maybe in the next movie, he's going to have some other evil to face. But, you know, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the, the movies after this one, the agents do come back. So it's not, I guess they were just recreated since they're not real people. They're actually program programs and, and such. So that's how they were able to come back in the next movie. And, and it's just like, especially I think it's the next movie when he has the fighting scene with them when there's like thousands of the agents that he's fighting. And it's just like, you can't really kill him, but he's still fighting them. And I guess because he don't really have any choice, he has to defend himself and they're trying to take him out. So he got to do what he got to do. But yeah, that's. That's the whole movie and it, what everything that happens. I try to sum it up as quickly as I could with in within 20 minutes. So let's talk about the cast a little bit and then I will get into some trivia points that we um, can go through and learn a few things together. So Keanu Reeves, first of all, he's one of those actors that I hear about that people say that he cannot act that he's a bad actor I feel like it's people say that about him and then about Nicolas Cage as well and so I was thinking to myself like if that's something that I agree with but I feel like I haven't even watched a lot of his movies to be honest so let's first just go through his filmography and see what all he has done. So I'm going to start off with the 90s. So I see 1990, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures. Never saw that. Point Break 91. I don't believe I've ever watched this. I'm skipping a few. Speed. I've seen Speed. I think he was pretty good in Speed. Johnny Mnemonic, never saw that. A Walk in the Clouds, 1995. Chain Reaction, 1996 with Morgan Freeman. I never saw that. Like, I literally haven't seen. Okay, so I've seen The Devil's Advocate, 1997. I don't think he was a bad actor in that. 
Uh, let's see what else. Oh, he was in the Watcher. He was scary in that. It was scary, and he was in two thousand. He was in the Watcher and the Gift. This is that's a really good movie, and he was good. Like he plays the evil kind of bad guy really well. And then Harbaugh. How can we forget Harbaugh, which came out in two thousand one? I love him in that movie. Um. Constantine that came out in 2005 I love that movie so yeah I mean from my experience the movies that I've actually seen him in I don't feel like he's a terrible actor um I haven't seen any of the John Wicks which I understand like those are have been very popular movies so I can't really comment on those but yeah, I mean, to each his own, whatever your opinion is, so be it. I also want to take the time to talk about Mr. Lawrence Fishburne and his filmography. So let's go back, go down to the 90s. So he was King of New York in 1990, Cadence 1990, The Civil War which I guess was a series because it says nine episodes. Decoration Day, Class Action, 1991, Boys in the Hood, 91, Deep Cover, 92. What's Love Got to Do With It, 1993. Searching for Bobby Fisher, 93, Higher Learning, 95, Bad Company, 95, Just Cause, 1995. I feel like I watched that recently. Yep, I sure did. Uh, the Tuskegee Airmen, 95, Fled, 96, Event Horizon, 97, Hoodlum, 97, Always Outnumbered, 98, Welcome to Hollywood, 98, Biker Boys, 2003, he's been in a lot of movies, let me see, how many credits does he have as an actor, as an actor, he has 127 uh, acting credits so shout out to Lawrence Fishburne so let's go ahead and get into some did you know facts so to prepare for the scene where Neo wakes up in a pod Keanu Reeves lost 15 pounds and shaved his whole body to give Neo an emaciated look so the scene where he takes the red pill and then like where I said he's like reborn again and he wakes he he wakes up in the pod and he's butt ass naked and he looks like like they said emaciated. So the opening action scene took six months of training and four days to shoot. So the opening scene is with Trinity, I believe. So after the lobby shootout. So the shootout part with Neo and Trinity when they are going to save Morpheus. So the camera pans back showing the aftermath of the gunfight. A moment passes and a large chunk of the pillars falls off. This was not planned but was left in for effect. So like like I said, they was like really shooting them up, bang, bang in it in that scene. And so a lot of the part of the building was just falling apart and there's the once they get on the elevator to go up to say morpheus there's a piece of the pillar that just falls off and so it's cool that they left that in there and that wasn't actually planned 
So all scenes that take place within the Matrix have a green tint, as if watching them through a computer monitor. Scenes in the real wor world have a blue tint. Blue was also used at a minimum within the Matrix, since the directors thought blue was more of a real-world color, despite, ironically, blue being often the least occurring color in nature. The fight scene between Morpheus and Neo, which is neither in the real world nor in the Matrix, is tinted yellow. So, Carrie Ann Moss, she's the one that plays Trinity. She actually twisted her ankle while shooting one of her scenes, but she decided not to tell anyone until after filming just so that, you know, she could avoid being recasted. So that's a lot of dedication. Um, I can imagine being under that pressure and how much pain she was feeling. But, you know, feeling so passionate and feeling so, you know, desperate to keep a role that you're, you know, you don't reveal that. You don't say anything about it. Like, that must have been, like, a lot. So according to costume designer Kim Barrett, Trinity's costume was made with cheap PVC because of the much tighter budget. Similarly, Neo's, Neo's coat wasn't actually a very expensive fabric. It was a wool blend purchased for $3 a yard. So they're like her leather looking bodysuit and then his long coat. They really look like actual leather and expensive. So it's pretty cool how they're able to to make it look that, like that when it's really, that really wasn't the case. It wasn't real leather. So at the director's request, the actors were to be able to understand and explain the Matrix, not only as a film, but a philosophy. Simulacra and simulation are required or were required reading for most of the principal cast and crew. Keanu Reeves stated the Wachowskis had him read Simulacra and Simulation, Out of Control, and Evolutionary Psychology even before they opened the script. Eventually, he was able to explain all the philosophical annoyances involved. Carrie Ann Moss commented that she had difficulty with this process. Yeah, I would have had difficulty with it as well because some of that stuff is just boring. I think you have to like really just be interested to like sit there and learn about that type of stuff because if you're not then it's just like like I said it could be boring and it's it's a lot of information it's like do I really need this information do I really know need to know these things but like I said if it's for a purpose and for a reason it does help you be able to like study it and try your best to understand it. So Carrie Ann Moss performed the shots featuring Trinity at the beginning of the film and all the wire stunts throughout herself. So she didn't have a stunt double for a lot of the, her scenes. Lawrence Fishburne stated that once he read the script, he did not understand why other people found it confusing. However, he had a doubt if the movie would ever be made because it was so smart. So he probably thought like to the masses this will be a movie that will go every go over everyone's head and be just a movie that people would just be completely confused by which is understandable because it's a lies you have to like really think about some of these concepts to just just to really understand it in 2012 the matrix was selected by the u.s library of congress for preservation 
in the National Film Registry archives for being culturally and historically or aesthetically significant. So there's a scene where they film a helicopter and it nearly caused the film to shut down because the, the scene is like the helicopter goes inside the building or like crashes inside the building because Trinity, she was driving it and um, it was going to crash. So she had to do, make sure that it, she was able to get Morpheus and Neo to land because they were hanging on, hanging on to the helicopter by a, a rope pretty much or some type of wire. And so she had to like make sure that they were able to land properly on the top of the building before it just completely crashed. And that's when Neo saved her because she was pretty much going to sacrifice herself um, in order to make sure that they landed you know, safely. But he, he held on to the wire so that, that she could also jump out of the helicopter safely. And I think that was something that kind of surprised her because it took him a lot of strength to be able to, to do what he did. So prior to pre-production, Keanu Reeves suffered a two-level fusion of his cerv cervical spine, which had begun to cause paralysis in his legs, requiring him to undergo neck surgery. He was still recovering during pre-production, but insisted on training. Stunt coordinator Wu Ping Yun let him practice only punches and lighter moves. Reeves trained hard and even requested training on days off. However, the surgery left him unable to kick for two out of the four months of training. As a result, Reeves did not kick much in the film. Once, when I learn about these different things, about when it comes to these movies, like you could really learn about how dedicated these actors are to their roles and to the, their characters and to these films. Like it takes a lot of dedication, a lot of risk taking, a lot of sacrificing goes into it. I mean, because off the top, you're already sacrificing your time because sometimes, a lot of times when people have to shoot movies, they have to be away from their family. They're like, may, they may be across the world away from family and friends. So it's a lot of, lot of things that they have to sacrifice in order to commit to, you know, making a movie. So in Greek mythology, Morpheus is a god of dreams. This is actually ironic because considering the fact that Morpheus, he plays someone in the movie who is trying to awaken, you know, people from their dream states within the Matrix. So numerous sets of identical twins were cast as extras in the woman in red scene to create the illusion of a repeating training program made with limited sources or resources. Example, the tall men with slicked black back hair and sunglasses in the opening shot is seen a few seconds later as the police officer riding a parking ticket. In the first 45 minutes of the film, Neil has 80 lines. 44 of these lines are questions, averaging roughly one question per minute. For Keanu Reeves scenes, they are set in the Matrix at the start of the film. 
His wardrobe was deliberately shabby and ill-fitting, suggesting Thomas Anderson's feeling of not quite fitting into the world. So the iconic sunglasses worn by the Matrix characters are from the label Blind, which prides itself on producing handmade glasses. The company's founder, Richard Walker, had to tender against large companies such as Ray-Ban and Arnett to win the film sunglasses contract and set himself apart by scratch designing pairs of glasses based purely on the characters' unusual names. So when I think of the glasses, obviously, I, the first ones I think of are Morpheus. His glasses, they were like, they didn't have the part that, you know, connects to the back of your ear. It was just like the two lens part, which is very, very different. You know, something that you don't always see, the, you know, those types of glasses. So, um, Walker, he was pretty much this custom designer for the sunglasses for the whole cast, which is a pretty cool job. You know, you wouldn't really think about that, like, oh, we need a designer for sunglasses, you know. But you can tell that they put a lot of detail and a lot of thought into the costume design and making sure that there's uh, some type of uniqueness to how these people dress in this movie once they, you know, enter the Matrix. So the Wachowskis, who are the ones who wrote and directed the film, they harbored their vision for five and a half years, working through 14 drafts of the screenplay. Although most studio executives who read the script loved their ideas, they had extremely difficulty, extreme difficulty imagining how this would translate onto the screen. The Wachowskis then hired leading illustrators Steve Scorse and Jeffrey Darrow, who created over 600 storyboards. Executives were reportedly sold immediately after seeing the bold vision on display and greenlit the film. So it turns out that Will Smith was approached to play Neo, but turned down an offer in order to star in Wild Wild West. Now, that came out in 1999, and people caught, like, I don't know, I don't, I actually like Wild Wild West. I think it's a, it's a cool movie. Like, it's not as bad as people try to make it seem. Um... I definitely feel like there's some funny parts to it. There's a lot of action. It's definitely a, a different type of movie as far as like you're seeing this black cowboy and we don't really we don't really have too many movies where we get to see I mean off the top of my head and I mean I'm not that well versed in cowboys, so I can't really even tell you, but just off the top of my head I can think of Django Unchained and then Harder They Fall with uh, Jonathan Majors and Zowie, I forgot her name, um, and Regina King, like there's a lot of, oh, and Idris, El Idris Elba, all a, a really dope cast. That movie is actually a Netflix original. So those are the like black cowboys that I can think of on the top of my head. So with Wild Wild West, I feel like, you know, this was one of, it was one of those movies in the 90s where it was a, a bit different. And it was kind of like a situation where 
it could either um, hit for the people or not. And I feel like, I guess, for a lot of people, it did not hit. But, I mean, I actually like that movie. I don't think it's as terrible as people make it seem, but whatever. So he later, Will Smith later admitted that at the time, he was not mature enough as an actor and that if given the role, he would have messed it up. He had no regrets saying that Keanu was brilliant as Neo. He also noted that if he had been cast as Neo, the studio wanted Val Kilmer for the Morpheus role, which would have deprived audiences of Loris Fishburne's iconic performance. Sandra Bullock had been offered the role of Trinity, but turned it down because Will Smith was in the film. She regretted her decision. Had she been cast, she would have been reunited with Keanu Reeves, with whom she previously starred in Speed in 1994. Now, when I first first came across this fact, I just was like, why would she want to be in a, a movie with Will Smith, good looking self? Like, what was it about him that turned her off from the idea of um, co starring in a movie or being a love interest with him? That was interesting to find out, to say the least. So, when Neil gets in the car with Trinity for the first time, Switch refers to him as a Copper Top. Copper Top is slain for a Duracell brand of batteries, which is also the battery Morpheus shows Neo as he explains how the human race became an energy source. All right, y'all, that is the episode. Be on the lookout for the next lineup of movies. So make sure that you're following on Instagram at Catch These Vibes Pod, even on Twitter, Catch underscore Vibes Pod, so that you can stay in the loop and be able to see look ahead and see what movies to expect um if you have any suggestions or recommendations on a movie that you would like to hear me talk about please let me know and also i am currently doing a giveaway for you to get some free merch so all you have to do is send me a screenshot of you listening to the podcast or of you rating or reviewing the podcast and you will be able to receive some free merch. All right, you don't want to miss out on this free stuff. Also, there's going to be some more merch coming out soon. So just be on the lookout for that. And as always, everyone have a great rest of your week. God bless and vibe out.